This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a production of Catholic Radio Indy. Now here's today's program. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Hare. Hey, Jim. Here we are again. And Bridget, I've got some news for everybody. In fact, I can tell you, I think it's news to Bridget right now, too, that starting very, very shortly, our Catholic Radio podcast. Now, we've had podcasts of Faith in Actions for uh, this Faith in Action program for many years, for the Catholic Cave and some of the other Catholic programs for many years now, but you had to go to the Catholic Radio website to listen to the podcast. Uh, starting very soon, they're going to be everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, they're going to be on Spotify. They're going to be on Google uh, Podcasts. They're going to be on Apple Podcasts. They're going to be on Spotify. Uh, they're going to be one, on ones I've never heard of. I, we're already on like six different um, services that I've not even heard of. But soon, wherever you get your podcasts, all you'll have to do is uh, put in The Catholic Cave. If you put in no more than The Catholic Cave, you'll go right to uh, our Catholic Cave programs, and you can listen to all of them or as many as you want to. Now, on Faith in Action, it wasn't quite that simple because Faith in Action is kind of a little bit too generic. And if you put in Faith in Action into one of the search engines, uh, and we called it, because we, we tried this, and, and you... Uh, but you get a whole bunch of stuff because yeah, there's all say. kinds of stuff. So to get the Catholic, to the uh, Faith in Action programs, you go to just search for Catholic Radio Indy Faith in Action, and then we're the only one, and you can listen to Bridget and Jim till you fall asleep or <laughs> whatever. the cows come home, right? <laughs> and speaking of cows, we have a guest from Texas, and I guess they have cows in Texas. Do they have cows in Texas? <laughs> We've got cows in Texas. All kind of different sizes, <laughs> horns, longhorns. We don't like them here in College Station. They are the main rivalry for uh, <laughs> Texas A&M fighting Texas Aggies. Uh, but yeah, a lot of cows. You can I can drive right now within five minutes. You'll be seeing you'll be seeing cows. And, and there's a reason we're talking about Texas. Yes, there is. Um, our guest is from College Station, Texas. It's Dr. Haywood Robinson. He serves as the Director um, of Medical Affairs and Education for the 40 Days for Life. And that's our topic for today. And Dr. Robinson's going to be in Indianapolis as a speaker to kick off our local 40 Days for Life on Ash Wednesday, which is February 17th at 12 noon. So he joins us to tell about um, his story and the work he does now to promote life. So welcome, Dr. Robinson. Oh, thank you for having me, Bridget and Jim. Thanks for uh, being a part of this show. I'm just really going to enjoy sharing with you. Looking forward to uh, being a, a, working with you guys in just under a couple of weeks. Uh, before we went on the air, we were talking about, as, as we prepare for this show, I said, gentlemen, start your engines. Well, you know, now <laughs> you have women drivers, too. I guess you have to say, uh, people, start your engines. Uh, I don't know exactly I, what they say now, but I, I'm for not... that beautiful event, which is on my bucket list, <laughs> you guys didn't, didn't, didn't have it this year. Did, or you didn't have it or didn't have it uh, with, with a crowd? I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think. Did we have it this year? 
I think they did have it, but without spectators. I think that's what happened. Gosh, I'm not sure. We're we're so busy here you know, doing our show. I don't even know. <laughs> don't know about that. It's one of those things you know, that sometimes when when you live in people come from all over the world to go to the Indianapolis 500. A lot of the people who live in Indianapolis try and stay as far away from it as they can, just because there's so many people and such big crowds and traffic and everything like that. So sometimes. Uh, the something locals that's the locals, really big in your hometown is something that the hometown folks well the locals know. go out of dodge and then you know when everyone comes in but but i want to get to our our awesome topic today which is the 40 days for life um what is that event and give us maybe the scope of it and how long it's been around well 40 days for life has been around now we're we're going to be approaching uh you know 20 years soon and I've been with it since the very beginning uh, when we had our first vigil here in College Station. Uh, 40 Days for Life uh, is a ministry that is really simple, simple model. Praying, fasting in front of the abortion facilities uh, in your area. We do it from uh, Ash Wednesday all the way uh, for the next 40 days. And what we're hoping for. Some venues can do it for 24 hours. Most will do it for 12 hours every day during that period. It started here in Bryan College Station. Uh, a young lady who at the time was uh, just a sophomore or junior at Texas A&M, when it was announced that uh, Planned Parenthood was going to be building a facility in College Station. Now, uh, the listeners, uh, watchers of yours, need to understand that Planned Parenthood will always go to an area where they think uh, they'll have the best business. And Texas A&M is the largest university in the country. Uh, we've got about 68,000 students now, and that's a, uh, a lot of young people uh, <laughs> sexually active that uh, have unplanned pregnancies. Uh, so, and uh, Planned Parenthood is obliged to get rid of as many as they can get paid for. Now, what she did, she called a meeting at St. Mary's Catholic Church right across the street from Texas A&M. We didn't know what was going to happen. We weren't doing much email back in those days. We just collected all of the names, of phone numbers, etc., contact information. And she started an organization at the time. It was called the Brazos Valley Coalition for Life. Well, one day... Uh, while the staff for the Coalition for Life was praying, the Lord uh, gave them the idea of doing 40 Days for Life. And as I said earlier, it's a very, very simple model of uh, prayer fasting in front of abortion facilities. Now, we, we've talked to uh, David B. Wright, who is one of the uh, founders of 40 Days for Life. And <laughs> he, he tells a story, kind of one of those uh, be careful what you pray for stories because he uh <laughs> he says he was uh just as you're describing there very much uh against abortion and things like that and he was praying that gee god there's got to be something i can do show me and <laughs> it started off kind of with a gee i got to do something and all of a sudden through uh, David and all of the other folks down there involved in the organizations you're talking about it has really grown into something right well, when they came, when the Lord showed them this vision, we had a, a vigil. Uh, 
started at midnight. I don't know why we wouldn't have started like 7 or 8 in the morning. <laughs> we started at midnight. We were out there with our candles. Now, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we did two vigils, and we, you know, we ran the numbers. We watched how many cars were coming in and out during vigil and how many weren't or, or were coming while we weren't there. We were able to show by looking at county statistics and looking at traffic flow that when we were there that the business was going down. And when we could show that, that's when we, we changed over uh, to being coalition for life to 40 days for life because that was going to be our primary focus. And so now after going from one uh, prayer venue here in Bryan College Station, Texas, here we are now. We are now uh, at, at, at about 800 wow. uh, prayer campaigns right now. And we're everywhere, all over the United States, uh, South America, Mexico, Europe, Australia, uh, Africa. We are all over this planet, joined by the Holy Spirit, praying for one thing. And yes, we do make a difference. There have been about 18,000 babies that have been saved that we know of. There have been uh, almost 110 abortion facilities closed and uh, more, th- more than 200 or so abortion workers that have left. And you've probably had Abby Johnson on your show. Uh, she was the one that left the, co- the Bryan College Station facility uh, uh, you know, a couple years before they closed. Our facility closed here in 2013, and I, think, I believe Abby Johnson left a couple of years before that. So we've got the uh, in college days the legacy of of uh, Planned of Planned Parenthood, uh, Abby Johnson, and the other thing as a as a former abortion provider, which I'll probably talk a bit about later. Uh, it's it's we were able, my wife and I, were able to relocate our practice into the same building that Forty Days for Life is in, and Forty Days for Life is in that now closed Planned Parenthood facility. It's one of those beautiful examples of how God takes something that's so evil and turns it around to good, how he could take two former abortionists who were killing babies, you come to know the Lord, and then you can join this great pro-life ministry and actually work in the same building. It's just too miraculous to be true almost, but it is. It's just amazing, um, your story. Uh, we're talking with Dr. Haywood Robinson. He is the Director of Medical Affairs and Education for 40 Days for Life there in Bryan College Station, Texas. And he's going to be here in town um, February the 17th, Ash Wednesday, uh, right here at the um, 86 and Georgetown Planned Parenthood outside there praying at the kickoff for the 40 Days for Life here in Indianapolis. So, how does a medical doctor who wants to heal others end up doing abortions? You know, uh, that's probably the biggest FAQ. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, the, if I were going to put it into one or two words, uh, spiritual ignorance, in other words, not knowing the Lord, and seduction. It's incremental. Uh, I remember... You know, uh, well, first, I grew up in south-central L.A. I always wanted to be a physician uh, since I was about four or five years old. Went through my education, undergrad, medical school. And I actually came back to 
to the same area where I grew up in South Central to do my residency. Well, while I was on the service of obstetrics and gynecology, where I just happened to have met my wife there, or my soon-to-be wife, uh, I learned to do the, a procedure called a dilation and cure at Hodge, which is referred to as a DNC. Many women have had this, uh, this procedure when they've had miscarriages. Uh, it's just what you're doing is you're removing tissue from the uterus. Now, when it's a, a miscarriage, you need to do that because uh, the woman can bleed, the woman can get infections. So what the DNC is doing is uh, preventing uh, those, those complications. Now, that same procedure can be used with a normal pregnancy and destroy it, okay? Now, once you know how to do that procedure, you have a very marketable skill. You can go to abortion facilities and uh, on weekends, after hours, and that's what we used to do. Now, we were also doing abortions in the, in the hospital where I was trained. Thinking, thinking back, and I, I, I don't have really clear details, but I do know that initially, when you see your first abortion, um, I guess the uh, term that I was thinking might work is kind of this cerebral queasiness. It's a, a, something in you is going, you know, this just qu- just quite ain't quite right, you know. But you've got the senior doctors there, your attendings, your other interns and residents, and they seem to be doing okay. And maybe I'm the one that just needs to be oriented. Mm-hmm. Well, as I look back on that, I think that was an opportunity for me to take a pause and say, wait a second, let me, let me think about this, uh, which I really didn't do. Now, once you see your first one, that's the first uh, thing that happens, of, of uh, the first step of desensitization. It's when you look at something, the eyes or the window to the soul. Once you desensitize yourself to watching this procedure, that's, the, that's, that's, that's you already down that slippery slope. That's why I tell students, don't even uh, w- go watch or do, see a video on abortion. Don't go watch one because that's your first step. And from there, you can you see one, you do one, and you teach one. And before you know it, I'm doing one, and you become progressively more desensitized and dehumanized for the baby, the mother, and the doctor also. On that note, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the 40 Days for Life and how you can get involved in this local prayer vigil. So stay tuned for more Faith in Action. Faith in Action is our oldest, longest-running program here on Catholic Radio Indy. We're looking for some local Catholic businesses or organizations to help us underwrite the cost of this program. It doesn't cost a lot, and your underwriting support will help see that local programs like Faith in Action stay on the airwaves here in central Indiana. Call Val at 317 we can really use your support. Give Val a call right now or email Valerie at CatholicRadioIndy.org. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're talking with our guest, Dr. Haywood Robinson. He is the Director of Medical Affairs and Education for the 40 Days for Life, uh, based in Bryan College Station, Texas. He's going to be in town on February the 17th on Ash Wednesday to kick off the 40 Days for Life here locally. Um, okay, so I want to talk about your conversion. What happened? How did you get out of the, uh, the whole abortion mindset and industry, I guess? Yeah, well, and all of us have our own unique, special 
testimony, the same way we have fingerprints. It turned out uh, three weeks before the birth of uh, our baby, that would be 34 years ago now, I went to this Christian music concert, uh, Leon Patillo. Uh, Maybe Jim might remember him. He might be old enough to remember Leon. And uh, I had been given a cassette tape. Um, Some of your audience may not know what that is, but there were these plastic cassettes we put in our dash (laughs) in the car, and I'd listen to this uh, music, and I just love that contemporary Christian music. I love music in general. Anyway, when he came to conversation, I went to the concert. Well, my wife did not go with me. Uh, She was, you know how women are when they're close to term. So I took my mother. Well, there was a the time of the concert where Leon uh, paused the concert, kind of like an intermission, and you know he says, "I'm not going to, you know, give a sermon or altar call or whatever. I'm just just going to. Uh, I just want everybody who wants things to be 100 percent right with God to stand up." Well, I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Retrospectively, I was literally yanked up out of my seat. Uh, I was kind of embarrassed because I didn't know if anyone else, and I think there was probably like 1,500 people in the auditorium there. And, you know, I didn't know if anyone else was standing. Well, anyway, Leon Patello ch- uh, prayed, and he went on with the concert. Well, I, you know, I really wasn't raised in a setting where I was really taught the basic principles of the Bible, Jesus, salvation, eternal life, all that type of thing. So I didn't have any idea of what had happened. I just know something did. Well, it turns out the Godfather for uh, this baby we were going to have in three weeks is the son of a Pentecostal preacher who'd been praying for my wife and I to come, uh, you know, to come to the Lord and become believers and and, uh, live on the other side. And so when he came to town, he basically shared what I should have probably been hearing in my church since, you know, I've been there going this since being baptized as an infant. So uh, after that happened, one of the first things that the Lord convicted us of was our uh, past and abortion. Now, clearly that's not the only sin I've been involved in, but it was it was the one that God was going to use uh, as the ministry that he wanted to, to direct us into. And... Uh, we, we prayed, and we could just feel that the cleansing power, you know, uh, of the Lord and Him redirecting us from kind of like a, a Saul who used to kill, you know, Christians and, and prison them, uh, to one person who's the greatest missionary that, that walked our planet. And so from that time, I, Marina and I, and uh, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, my wife and I performed abortions together. As a matter of fact, she helped train me to do that. But now we're on the other side. We're fighting for life, and we believe, well, we know that we're making a difference. And how, you know, there's radio stations like this one that are on the air all the time. You're just little specks of light all around the country, all around the planet, sharing the truth. And, you know, it really doesn't matter uh, uh, who's in Washington, D.C. We've had a change in, in administration, but uh, believe me, uh, God was not shook up in November when, when the election occurred, and uh, God chooses all the leaders, good and bad. It doesn't change our mandate. It doesn't change the greatest mandate we have, which is the Great Commission. It certainly doesn't change what we have to do with 40 days for life. 
if anything, it might be a little bit of a, a bucket of cold water on us to say, well, let's let's crank things up a notch. Yeah, right. We we're not you know we're not intimidated by Washington D.C. God created the heavens and the earth, including uh, the White House. Right. <laughs> so we are not concerned. We know we're going to be praying and and and, and doing well when we launch in just another uh, thirteen days. There's another issue that that I've uh, dealt with, and that is uh, the whole issue of, of uh, racial disparity. Mm-hmm. Of course, race has been uh, one of the probably the second biggest subject or news issue for 2020, right behind COVID. Uh, I've seen so much violence uh, associated with that. Well, I, as a you know black American, uh, raised up in South Central. Uh, my particular institution uh, took upon itself to recognize that there are certain diseases that affect the black population more. I remember, uh, you know, my uh, department head was headed up a sickle cell center. Uh, prostate cancer affects black males more than, than whites. Uh, uh, cardiovascular disease affects uh, black people more. That's what we call racial disparity. However, there is a far, far greater racial disparity that just dwarfs all of those, and that's the racial disparity with respect to black women and their representation uh, with abortion. Black women make up 13% of the women population in our country, but 39% of the abortions, that's 3 Times or 300 percent higher than uh, their their representation in the population, and that is not by accident. That is designed by Margaret Sanger, the great the well, I was going to say great eugenicist. Well, for eugenicist, she's great, <laughs> not great as a person. But uh, it was her intent that certain stocks of people and blacks were a part of that group that uh, should not reproduce. Uh, and we should, uh, and they, she's responsible for birth control, contraception, and the whole thing, and now abortion. I don't have a good explanation why blacks are so blind to this black genocide, because we're killing um, about one-third of our babies. The most dangerous place for a black person in the United States is their mother's womb. And this is nothing more than a womb lynching, and Planned Parenthood should really be named Planned Parenthood. Mm. So that's why we now, as we launch in 13 days for 40 days for life, we're calling on you guys. All you have to do is go to our website, 440 Days for Life, and you can be directed to where your local campaign is. You will see the numbers that show what we've done over the years. You can be a part of this global movement of prayer and fasting to save babies because on the planet, the whole planet, we're killing about 60 million babies per year. Wow. We're talking to Dr. Hayward Robinson, Director of Medical Affairs and Education for 40 Days for Life. And doctor, uh, you're going to be in town here for the kickoff on, uh, what is it, the 17th, mm-hmm. February 17th. Yes. What what, uh, what will you be doing personally here in Indianapolis as part of the kickoff? Well, I'll be, uh, I have to look at my schedule. There's two uh, venues or two methods 
by which uh, the campaign usually works. Sometimes I'll go uh, directly to the uh, the venue, the, the, the abortion center set up. There may be set up there a, a small podium, microphone, and I'll just speak to the campaign, the, pre- the people who are praying there, so just on the street. Sometimes we'll go to uh, a, a, a church, and I'll, I'll give an address. It's really up to that local campaign, but... Uh, and I honestly don't know what, what I'm going to be doing in Indianapolis, but I will be interfacing um, uh, with the people mm-hmm. who are praying there. And I just want to encourage uh, you, if you can just give, you know, one hour per week, the difference uh, you could make when knowing that what you're doing is going to help save a baby's life. So go to the website. Four zero forty days for life, and uh, you can see uh, there'll be uh, announcements regarding whatever events are in your local area. Right, and um, the local we have a local website forty days for life dot com backslash Indianapolis that can get you plugged into everything that's going on here, and you can get signed up. Um, Doctor Haywood, I want to uh, Doctor Robinson, I want to ask you um, what's it been like in terms of your own faith journey. To, to do now the pro-life work, working to help people in a crisis pregnancy right there in, in College Station? Well, it's a blessing to be part of what I feel is uh, the premier pro-life organization in the country right now. And I, I guess we tend to think of our organization as being the best, but I have seen something grow from day zero. I was there literally at the conception of this organization, and that, that makes it very special. Uh, very special for me. Being in a pro-life movement, well, first I have to look at it just as a believer, to see the uh, the mercy and the grace of the Lord to say, literally save a wretch like me who would just literally walk into a room, a woman laying on the table, uh, and just have her baby stolen and killed within less than 10 minutes and walk out of the room like it's nothing. That's uh, when you think about that. That's pretty. That's pretty rough. It takes a, a hardened heart. I talked a little bit about the desensitization and dehumanization uh, of that process. There, I know abortionists in different parts of our country who are still doing abortions in their 80s, and that's unfortunate. But I, as long as the ones alive, there's hope. And so I just want to tell everyone out there: keep your hope going. The Lord Jesus is still on the throne with his Father. We are going to win this thing despite of, of what the way things look. It ain't, uh, it ain't what you see. It's who you know. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's that's so encouraging. Our, our guest today has been Dr. Haywood Robinson. He's the Director of Medical Affairs and Education for the 40 Days for Life there in Bryan College Station, Texas. Um, he's going to be here to speak on uh, Ash Wednesday, February 17th. Um, I think you're speaking at noon, but we'll, we'll get more details on that. And for that, you can go to 40daysforlife.com backslash Indianapolis. Dr. Robinson, thanks so much for being our guest today. It's been my blessing. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Bridget. You have been listening to Faith in Action, the program that looks at how people put their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is a presentation of Catholic Radio Indy. 
You can hear this episode of Faith in Action again or any past episode at catholicradioindy.org. If you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future program, please call us at 317-870-8400 or email jim at catholicradioindy.org.